all three components of that test, the toxins, the speedometer, and the biological age are great for fertility, but fertility is a byproduct of health. So the younger you are, the healthier you are, and the longer you'll live healthier, if that makes sense. So it is it is a health marker and also, you know, a fertility marker. So I went from about four years older to about four years younger in a year and a half. Welcome to the Confidence Council podcast. This show is designed for high achieving women who, despite having a successful career and a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision just feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. My name is Monica Burkhoff. I'm a trial lawyer, a mom, and a wife. And I'm here because I know from my own experience that feeling stuck or unfulfilled does not have to be your reality. With a positive mindset and the right counsel, you too can create the life of your dreams. My hope and intention for this podcast is that you walk away feeling confident, motivated, and inspired to embrace your authentic self and to take bold action toward your dream life. Are you ready to get started? All rise. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Confidence Council podcast. I'm your host, Monica Burkhoff. Today on the show, we are joined by a dear friend of mine, Dr. Catherine Zagoni. Dr. Zagoni is a naturopathic doctor and the chief medical officer and co-founder of Clockwise, Inc., which is an at-home test that tells you the biological age of your cells, how fast you're aging, what toxins you're exposed to, and it provides you with a framework to start rewinding your clock so that you can age backwards. This is such an informative episode, not only for women hoping to conceive in the next few years, but for anyone serious about improving their health and increasing their vitality. We talk about how Dr. Z reversed her own clock and the various lifestyle changes that you can start making today to start aging in reverse. We discuss nutrition, sleep, stress management, trauma, supplements, all the things. Dr. Zagoni and I went to high school together, and even as teenagers, I just remember her always being so fiercely sure of herself while it seemed like the rest of us were really grappling with identity and self-confidence. So it's not surprising at all to see Dr. Zagoni's star continue to rise and to watch her go on to make these insanely impactful contributions to the world. I am just so excited to share this conversation with you all. Without further ado, here is my conversation with my dear friend, Dr. Zagoni. Enjoy. You know, I think maybe let's just start by letting the listeners know a little bit about your journey to becoming a doctor, what kind of doctor you are, and just kind of the, the trajectory to get you to where you are now. Um, so I'm a naturopathic doctor, which means I'm trained as a primary care physician specializing in natural medicine. And I had this kind of like inclination, even in high school, like I knew I was going to go into like natural health of, of some kind. And that was inspired by my mom's health journey where she, um, I don't know if it was sophomore year, but like mid high school was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, chronic fatigue, and decided to go the conventional route. 
um, was put on a bunch of medication, chemotherapy, steroids, and basically just got sicker and sicker and sicker until she's like, I need to do something different or I'm going to die. Um, found natural medicine and within six months was like 80% better. So I like got to see this happen and I actually didn't know how sick she was at the time. It was, it was more like after she was better that, you know, I kind of realized what was happening and I was a, you know, not so nice teenage girl to my mother at the time, um, sneaking out. None of and, us were. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm like still apologizing. <laughs> Um, so I got to witness that. And so that really inspired me to, to seek out options. And so I thought maybe I'd be an MD or maybe I'd be a chiropractor. And when I found naturopathic medicine, that was really the combination of, of everything that I wanted to learn and do. And, um, and then while I was in college, I lived with my aunt and uncle who were in the midst of their infertility struggle and got to see like the pain and the agony and also a bit how conventional medicine approached it. And so when I started naturopathic medical school, I really was focusing on like, there's got to be a better way. Like it, there's like fertility is a byproduct of health. So like what, how do we, how do we cultivate the fertility? How do we cultivate health? And so even while I was in like four years of naturopathic medical school, really doing extra internships and focus on those, on, on that, on fertility and on women's health. And so now you're living in Los Angeles. You also, you have, you have your own practice or you like head up the office of, tell us about that. Yes. So I um, was running a practice called Gentera Center for Precision Medicine um, in Beverly Hills for the last like four and a half years. And we actually got bought out um, by a company called 10X Health. So I'm in the same physical location. I'm still seeing my patients and new patients from from the new company. I mean, it, it ended up being a great situation, whereas before I had to like run the, you know, run everything and had, you know, the business debt I was dealing with and marketing, you know, and all the things. Now it's like I get, I'm just at the doctor and I get to just see my patients and um, they get to handle all of that. So that's been really nice. Uh, and then about a year and a half ago, my best friend Sarah and I founded a company called Clockwise with a Z because I'm Dr. Z. And uh, we help women and men, but mostly women, rewind their biological clock so they can have healthy babies on their timeline. And we're, the way this came about was, you know, seeing both the fertility couples I was seeing and all of the like precision medicine patients, um, I was introduced to this test called the true age test or a biological age test, which is looking at the age of our cells. And it's way more accurate than telomeres and it's been used actually in court of law to like verify age for minors and things in like immigration cases. Yeah. Um, and so I knew with what I had seen in fertility that it wasn't just about age. You know, I don't know if you felt this, but like I've definitely felt the like, oh, like the biological clock is ticking. Like, oh, and they tell me, they're <laughs> like, well, if you're planning on having your next one, you're going to be considered high risk because you'll be 35 by then. I'm like, high risk? I feel great. What do you mean high risk? So a month passes and now I'm on high risk, you know? Yeah, it doesn't make that sense. That narrative, it just, it's, you, we constantly hear it. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of narrative, a lot of story. Um, and I've, I was, I'm feeling it. I was feeling it. And so, um, and I knew like with the results that I had seen in practice, like I've, my best success rates are in my 35 to 40 year old group. And I don't know if that's just because I have the most, most of my patients are in that group, but, um, you know, even women who've had multiple miscarriages, even, even couples who had multiple failed rounds of IVF, like I've seen them get pregnant with healthy babies and I've, I get like Easter photos of those babies and, you know, Christmas cards of those babies and whatnot. 
So I knew it was more than about than just about age. Um, but we and we have some markers in the fertility world. They're not the best for actually predicting whether you'll be able to get pregnant or not, especially not naturally. And so I'm introduced to this biological age test and I'm like, huh, does this actually have anything to do with fertility? Maybe it's more about biological age than chronological age. And so um, the first thing I do is I run the test on myself. And I'm thinking like, I'm a naturopathic doctor. I eat really well. I take supplements. I exercise. I meditate. I do all the things. And I get my results back and I came back four years older than I was. What do you mean? So my cells were saying that I was four years older than my birthday. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. So and how I was, old were you at the time when you did it? I was 33 and it, and it came back as like 37-ish. Like okay. it was like 36.8 or something. So I was, I was almost four years older. My cells were four years older than I should have been. So being mid-30s, single in LA wanting babies, that felt like a fertility death sentence. And so first I'm like, okay, well, maybe this doesn't have anything to do with fertility. And I was like, you know, then kind of backtracking on that. But I, so I went into the research and fortunately and unfortunately did find a paper that showed that women with advanced biological age, meaning when their, when this specific test came back older than they were, even if they were younger, even if they were twenties or early thirties, they had poorer fertility outcomes. So if like a 28 year old woman if her biological age, so chronological age is 28, if her biological age came back at 30, she had um, either fewer eggs retrieved or fewer embryos created or fewer live pregnancy. I mean, she would it would be one pregnancy, but uh, less success of a live pregnancy than if somebody was like 35 and came back at biological age of 35, 34, 33, 32. Um, so there's this this biological age is actually predictive of fertility outcomes. So then I'm like, oh shit, I really got to figure this thing out now or I'm screwed. Right. Um, because I don't want to like, you know, if I, if it was a year before I met my partner and then if we were going to wait a year, like if let's say we waited two years, that would put my biological age at about 40. And, uh, you know, and it probably, if, if I was still aging at that rate, it probably would have been even more. So I basically decided I'm going to solve this thing. Um, and so I went into the research. I found there were only like two or three papers that showed that it was even possible to rewind this number, that it was even possible to rewind the biological clock and the cellular age. And I'm like, and it was using like medications, um, like growth hormone and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm definitely not going to take that, but I'm going to reverse engineer the mechanisms of what those things are doing in the body and figure out how to do it naturally. So I did. I put myself on a protocol. I retested my biological age eight weeks later, and I rewound my biological clock by a full two years and eight weeks. What? And yep. how long do you, were you on this protocol that you put yourself on? Eight weeks, two In months. eight weeks, Yep. you aged backwards. Yes. cells aged backwards. Okay, so yes. you've got to tell us everything that you did in that eight weeks because, I mean, that's insane. Okay. And, and I've like tweaked the protocol over the last year and a half. And on my 35th birthday, I came back at 31. Yeah. I need to do it <laughs> just because I think if anything, it shows what kind of lifestyle you're living, right? Like, are you a healthy person? Are you yeah. going to live fully, right? And are you, I mean, I, this is beyond fertility. And totally. Can men, can men do this test too? Yep. Men can take our test. Yep. And it gives um, both men and women get the their biological age. They also get our the pace of aging or like the rate. So like the aging speedometer, how fast you're aging in that moment. 
Wow. Uh, and then we also have a proprietary fertility toxin panel. So it's it's showing, um, one, are you being exposed to things like phthalates, parabens, and bisphenols like BPA and BPF, which we know decrease fertility success, increase miscarriage risk, and decrease um, success with things like IVF if somebody does go through uh, reproductive technologies, um, which, you know, all three components of that test, the toxins, the speedometer, and the biological age are great for fertility, but fertility is a byproduct of health. So the younger you are, the healthier you are, and the longer you'll live healthier, if that makes sense. So it is, it is a health marker and also, you know, a fertility markers. So I went from about four years older to about four years younger in a year and a half. Okay. So during that year and a half, what did you change about your lifestyle that you think made that big difference? So one of the big things that I shifted was I started implementing fasting. And I had been so resistant to this um, because I'm like, women shouldn't fast and like blood sugar regulation and all of that. And when I learned how to do it like properly and healthfully and at the right time, um, that was I, I that was part of that first eight week reversal was I did um, two five day stints of what's called a fasting mimicking diet. So I was still eating food. It was it was like a prepackaged kit, not like the most delicious, but specifically designed and shown in the research to rewind the biological clock through fasting. Um, I also started eating things that I would never have thought I would have ever eaten in my life, like liver, beef liver. And I've kind of hacked it now because I, I still don't love liver, but there are, and I also don't like taking handfuls of capsules of pills. Um, so now I use a, it's a seasoning blend. It's called Pluck and it's got like herbs and spices. It's delicious. And Great it also, <laughs> and it also has dehydrated organs in it. So it, you don't taste the organs. You don't taste the liver or the heart, but you get the CoQ10 and the folate and the copper and all of the important nutrients that are in those things without tasting them, which I think is fantastic. And you can put it on everything. So I was using that a lot right before I came back at 31. It was 31 and three quarters, so almost a four year younger. Um, and I'm actually waiting on my most recent results right now. They should be in any day. Oh, so. I'm so curious. What did you just test at? Or what was the last time you tested? You were so the last time I tested was my 35th birthday, um, which was like nine months ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came back at 31 and three quarters. And uh, I definitely had like a couple of months in the last, I had a lot of stress at um, like mid last year uh, and then have kind of like been back on track for the last like three to four months. So I'm curious to see where I am I don't think I've come back to 35 or I'm about to be 36, but I do, I, you know, I don't know if I've rewound it. Like my goal has been 28 forever. I don't know if I'm, you know, at 28 yet, but one day soon. <laughs> yeah. You sound like my grandma. She's been 27 for the last like 40 years. Like every oh, birthday. How old is grandma? She's 27. Like, that's her thing. <laughs> Good age. Have you had clients take this test? What has been the biggest age gap that they're like horrified have you had anyone like super, super old that was young? Yeah. Or? I've had um, – we've had two two patients come back almost 10 years older. <gasps> yeah. So I had, a, I had a woman who is 38. She came back at like 48 point something. And the good news is she's now three months pregnant with a healthy baby. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. And so like – 
there's a lot of components to health and a lot, a lot one can do to rewind the biological clock. Um, and then I, and then the other patient who came back 10 years older, we've only been working together for a few months and they're almost getting ready to start trying to conceive again. They're kind of in like a, in a prep window where they're not trying, but they're, you know, doing all the things, the detoxes and the supplements mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, um, so we'll see, she's 42. She came back at like 52. So, um, but we're seeing improvements on like her FSH and AMH and things. So hopefully those numbers will, will, uh, translate into another healthy baby. Cause she has, she has one that she got through IVF. Oh, God willing. Yeah. So other than nutrition, what other things can you do to lower that number? So I'll I'll do like a quick overview and then we can kind of go one by one. So I break it yeah. down into what we call the FAST framework because they all spell out either – it's either an F, and A, and S, or a T. So FAST. So we've got the food and the fasting, mm-hmm. fitness, so exercise. Um, and this is one that, you know, some people have this one down. This was one that I had to really like get consistent with because I would like – go dance this day. And then three days later I would go for a hike. And then maybe three, three or four days later, I would like lift a little bit of weights and, but I didn't have like a consistent routine. And so since I had a, I had a consistent routine leading up to my 31 and three quarters and I have a consistent routine now. Um, so minimum, minimum 30 minutes, four times a week of moderate to intense exercise. Um, an hour, six days a week is even better. Um, but that's not doable for everybody and you got to start somewhere. So and if you can get 30 minutes in every day, that's great too. Um, and it doesn't seem that there's a specific type that's necessarily that much better than the other. So if it's a jog versus a Zumba versus weightlifting versus HIIT workout, like moderate to high intensity, 30 minutes most days of the week. Getting so the fitness, heart rate up, moving Getting the, the heart rate up, yeah. Um, so we've got food, fasting, fitness. Then A is associated conditions. So this is things like blood sugar dysregulation. Um, my co-founder, Sarah, we discovered she had prediabetes and insulin resistance um, when we were starting this process. And she had told a number of doctors, like, I get so tired in the afternoons. And nobody had thought to, like, actually check her blood sugar because she was – she's 33 now. She was, like, 30 or 31 at the time. Um, and, you know, we found some markers for her. And so just by changing her nutrition to support lower blood sugar numbers consistently, she rewound her biological clock by a full two years. Um, so blood sugar regulation. Um, there's also some certain like genetic, um, I don't want to say mutations, but genetic variations. Like if you've ever heard of the MTHFR mutation. So this is how well your body can convert folate into the usable form, which is called methylfolate. And if you have a mutation in this gene, your body can't use the folate that you're eating or taking well enough. And this can cause issues with detoxification, cell replication, DNA, aging, et cetera. So if somebody has that mutation, that can cause accelerated aging unless it's mitigated through taking methylfolate um, and other and like methyl- Your test would pick all of those things up? Our test isn't testing for the MTHFR mutation. We're just testing the age, the, the speedometer, and the toxins. But we mm-hmm. give you 20 pages on all the other things, like all the things to do that I'm going through now. And in associated conditions, we go through have your doctor check your blood sugar, have your doctor check your hormones for PCOS, have your doctor check for MTHFR mutation, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's in there. So PCOS and different hormone imbalances can also play into associated conditions. Then we get into the S's. So sleep, 
Um, sleep is so important because we secrete our own growth hormone. We also sec- you have secrete melatonin. We have more melatonin in the ovaries than we do in the brain. And those are they're a, it's a main antioxidant for egg quality. So let me stop and ask you something. I've been consistently sleeping around six hours a night. Is that enough? It depends. Six to eight is like the magic number. If you, the best way to find out would be to do some sort of sleep tracker. So either like an aura so ring. So I have oh, one. Yeah, I have one. Right. But it's Does saying it sh- like the recovery, right? Like it's, it like ranks your recovery. And on days that I wake up and I'm like, all right, I feel pretty great. It's like 10%. I'm like, wait, that's, that's, <laughs> you know, so it's like, I don't know how accurate it is. It might not be that accurate. Um, the goal is you want to make sure you're getting enough deep sleep and enough REM. Yeah. So it shows that too, but it's like low. I feel like it's under 20% every night. Okay. So it could be a time thing, like you could need more or it could be a quality thing. So like is if your bedroom isn't pitch black, that can prevent you from getting into deep enough sleep. Um, if it's too warm in the bedroom, that can prevent you from getting into deep enough sleep. If you're looking at screens before bed, that can mess with sleep quality. Um, and also using natural light. So getting sunlight in your eyes first thing in the morning actually helps set your sleep pattern up for that night. Um, so those things can help. Um, eating too close to bed can mess up with mess can prevent you from getting into deep sleep. Um, so there are some things we could look into. If you're waking refreshed, typically I think you're doing pretty well. A lot of people don't wake up refreshed, but it would be interesting to like try try some interventions and see if your numbers on your whoop improve. We've been so my husband Todd has like been so obsessed with sleep lately. So he got one of those lights that like mimics sunlight. So you know what I'm talking about. And so we've been I've been like blasting myself in the face with it first thing in the morning. Awesome. And then we I have we both have these blue light blocking glasses that we're using. Like I only read before bed. I he rolls over, falls asleep in a second, and I'm laying there like. And I think it almost is reading like it thinks I'm asleep or something, but I'm not. So I'm going to have to, I don't know. Did you say that there was a supplement or something that, or? There are sleep supplements. It's a little more individualized, but um, the first things I start with for sleep are magnesium glycinate and uh, inositol. Okay. We have a nisetol legit sitting on the counter right now. He's like, take a <laughs> teaspoon of this before bed after you're done with your podcast and see if it works. Okay. So I'm going to try that for sure and I'll have to report back. Great. No, that's great. So sleep, um, s- stress. So we know stress impacts hormones. It lowers sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone. We also know it accelerates the biological clock as we're measuring it um, through our testing methods. So I've seen both on my own tests because like that first year I was retesting every couple, every like two months. So I would see like sometimes I would go, you know, older a little bit and I'd be like, what was going on? It was like, oh, the investor pulled out and I was like working 30 days a month and like stressed out and, you know, whatever. Um, So stress plays a huge role, psychological and physiological. And then so we got sleep stress, and then supplementation. Um, Some of the generalized supplements that have a lot of good research on them, one is called alpha-ketoglutarate. And it it was shown in a study to reverse the biological age by, I want to say it was like seven years and eight months. It was like almost a month per year. Um, so that's one that if like, and it's generally safe, but again, you should check like these, this is not medical recommendations. Like you should check everything with your doctor, your healthcare practitioner before implementing anything. Um, but that's one that like 
was shown in the research to be very effective. Other ones I've played with are um, like green tea extracts, CoQ10, you know, so there's a lot of supplements can go, supplementation can go in a lot of different directions. Um, And then so sleep, stress, supplementation, and then the teas are toxins, which we test for a handful of them on our panel. And if it shows up on our panel, it's not just you're being exposed, but because our test is looking at DNA expression, it's actually saying the toxins that you're being exposed to are actually altering how your DNA is being expressed. It's altering how your genes are being expressed, and that gets passed down to your children. (gasps) So like we know – Like if dad is exposed to a certain chemical, even before conception, like within the three-month window before conception, if it's a baby boy, that baby boy can have a higher risk of neurodevelopmental issues down the line. Oh, wow. So the toxin – so it's not just about like being able to get pregnant and being able to get pregnant for a longer period of time. It's also like how do we make sure we're having the healthiest babies we can when rates of autism are through the roof, rates of obesity are through the roof. Like a lot of this stuff starts before that child is even conceived. And then our last T, so toxins was one of our T's, our our last T is trauma. And there's actually spots in the DNA that we're working on getting this added to our test. It's not on there yet, but there's spots in the DNA where in the research they can actually track PTSD. Like they can look at your DNA and say, okay, this is this looks like this, this looks like that, that looks like that. This person has PTSD. And it's it's correlated with symptomology and then the crazy cool part is when they heal that PTSD. So a lot of these studies have been done with psychedelics, ketamine, uh, psilocybin, etc. Those patients who then had zero or or not enough clinical symptomology to any longer be defined as having PTSD, meaning they're clinically cured. They technically don't have PTSD anymore. That was reflected in the genes of those specific spots changed to show that they, to match the rest of the population of they don't have that PTSD signature in their genetics anymore. Wow. And we can actually pass down, so we can pass down our gifts to our children and we can pass down our traumas to our children. Wow. Wow. That is, knowledge is power, right? To be able to know these things is just, I mean, that's incredible. One of the things that you mentioned, one of the thing, the factors that you guys consider and look at is stress. Stress is a big part of it. And I, I, I can probably say for myself, if I had to look back, we had a, a little bit of a tricky time conceiving our first. Mm-hmm. And I put, in addition to just, you know, work stress, I put so much stress on myself and pressure. Do you think that played a role in it? Because looking back, I feel like it had to have it's very possible. Um, so one of the ways I I describe stress is that um, like there's a there's like a safety switch in the body. So we've got like the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. And parasympathetic is rest, digest, and reproduce. And sympathetic is fight, flight, freeze. And mm-hmm. that's like a trauma response. And so stress puts us into that sympathetic fight, flight, freeze, which tells this tells the body that it's basically not safe to reproduce. It turns off those reproduction signals because biologically and evolutionarily it takes a lot to produce another human. It takes 9 months, it takes a lot of food, a lot of resources, a lot of energy. If your body doesn't think it's safe, if it doesn't think that child is going to survive outside of your body because of tigers, because of famine, because of whatever it's sensing, it's it's going to make it harder to get pregnant because it doesn't want to use all these resources if it doesn't think it's going to carry on the species. Hmm. So that's kind of like the very basic evolutionary mechanism of how stress is telling your body that child might not survive outside the body, so don't make a baby. And we do know biochemically 
what happens with the stress hormones then downregulates the sex hormones, which makes it harder to conceive. Um, but I also look at it from like a mind-body component or a spiritual component of like the body is listening to everything that the mind is saying, conscious and subconscious. Or in other words, like the body is a faithful puppy dog to the mind. Like it's following the commands. So if the message is like, I'm not good enough. This is going to be so hard. Um, I don't have enough time to have a baby. I don't have enough energy to have a baby. I'm depleted. Whatever the the story is, the body's going to listen to that. And I've had cases in my most like favorite one to share is I had a, a patient maybe five or six years ago now who um, she and her husband had been trying for a year. She was 36. She had been told at 19 she'd never be able to have babies because she was diagnosed with PCOS. They've been trying for a year anyway. They came to me and I said, you know, you've changed your whole life. Like there's no reason that that doctor should have even said that. And, you know, based on everything that you've shared, like I think you should be able to get pregnant. So that was our first visit. Our second visit was just with her. We did a mind-body session and we uncovered this fear of abandonment. And it came from, and this, she's like, I, this memory is coming up that I haven't thought of in, in literally decades. Um, and she said when she was five years old, her brothers took her out to the woods and left her there. So here we have this trauma. And then in her present day, her husband's a Marine and off on, you know, a tour. Yeah. Um, and so there's this daily stress that's being, you know, resonating with this trauma. So you've kind of got like double duty. We went into the initial trauma. We did a trauma release technique that I use with patients and they got pregnant the next cycle. No, they did not. Yeah. Before I even had her labs back and I got the labs back and I'm like, I did not think this would happen this easily, but amen. How did you do that? What, what, what is it that you do in the office with the patient? Um, so with her specifically, I used a technique called active release and it's a combination of tapping and eye movements. So like eye movements, a lot of people have heard of EMDR, tapping, a lot of people have heard of EFT. And so this particular technique kind of took a few pieces of both um, to help desensitize the emotional attachment of that memory. We did this technique um, and her next ovulation, they conceived. That's got to be so fulfilling for you. It is. It is. To play a role in that and to be a part of that. What a magical job and what a, what an incredible product. I think I think we need to help women everywhere. Like we need to get this into the hands of women everywhere. Not just like both the test, but then also like the solution of like how – what do we do? Every person needs to take this period. Like oh, every, totally. Every person should be taking this test. Yeah. Not just women trying yeah. to conceive, but like literally everyone. My dad needs to take this test. He'd probably come back 100. You know, <laughs> just to like put the fear of God in people that are living the sedentary, unhealthy life, like, and they've got all these aches and pains and they don't know what it's from, you know, and it's just lifestyle. And, and that kind of test is just so, gives you so much information, like it, a look inside, like a come to Jesus moment, you know, like, oh yeah, turn things around. Yeah. I mean, and even for, like, I thought I was doing everything right. Like, Great. I felt you great. said you were meditating, eating greens, yeah. like you know, yeah, exercising multiple times a week. So, like, w- what about the rest of us, you know, that are eating a, a bag of popcorn and a glass of wine for dinner? Like, <laughs> not saying it was me, but it used to be me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's two, a couple components. Like, there's the information piece, but I think a lot of people know like what they should be doing better. I also think there's a matter of like self worth. Oh, and yeah. and being aligned with your vision. 
And it's like, it took me, it took the thought of me being a mother being threatened for me to really do the thing that I was most afraid of, which was fasting. That, that, and so really getting my priorities straight of like, okay, if I want to be a mom someday, I have to not be working 14 hours and I have to make sure I'm taking care of myself and make sure I'm eating like, and, and, you know, for me, it was like just the next level, but for a lot of, a lot of people, it's like, if it's the popcorn and the wine, it's like, is this in alignment with what you truly want most in life? And do you believe that you deserve what you truly want most in life? Cause you absolutely do. But integrity is when your actions match your thoughts, match your words, match, like when, you know, all the pieces match and that's what gets you what you really want. Who is the target of this test? Is it the woman that wants to get pregnant this year? Is it who is, who should be picking up this test and trying it? I would say any woman who knows she wants to be a mother, whether it's months or years away. So if somebody wants to be pregnant in the next three to four months, buy the test right now because you want to make sure you don't have those toxins in you. And if your biological clock is advanced, you want to make sure you have time to rewind it so that it does happen easily and and healthfully and quickly. Um, if you want to have a baby in a year, you have more time to prep. And also if anything is off, it does take time to rewind it. So like if I have a you know, a 40-year-old patient come in, but her biological age comes back at 44, we might have to take a year or two years to rewind it back enough that her cells are healthy enough for her to get pregnant naturally. Whereas like, you know, that's a that's an anxious time frame when you're after 40 and you need to take a year or two, but she's going to end up better off than trying when her cells say that she's 44 and she hasn't taken the time to rewind, to rewind it. So it does take time to rewind. So the sooner you test and the sooner you know where you are, then the easier maintenance is. So I was going to say, do you provide, uh, you said that it comes with like a couple of pieces of paper that kind of explain, you know, go get these labs done with your physician and things like that. Does it also provide suggestions and, and all the things that we talked about, about how you can rewind your clock? So you're going to get, you get your results and then you get our fast framework, which is like the top one or two things to do in each of those categories. Mm. So like in supplements, you'll get like my top, you know, it'll talk about the alpha ketoglutarate, which I mentioned. It'll talk about the green tea and the methylfolate. In the toxin section, it talks about what you need to avoid if these toxins showed up and how to help get those toxins out of your body quicker. So it does give you some very like actionable steps right away. And we are currently working on producing um, a bigger course, like a digital course. So if somebody really wants to dive in and learn every little nuance of every little fast framework component and wants to really make sure they're rewinding their biological clock as quickly, as fast, as thoroughly as possible, um, we're, we're actually doing a live cohort this year and then we'll have the recorded course done at the end of this year. Oh, I feel like you're going to have so much traffic on something like that. Because when a woman sets her mind on like, I want to have a family, there is nothing like you said that is going to get in the way of that. It's just like laser focus, you know, at least that's how I was and how I imagine most women are. What is your number one go-to confidence hack? So is it a ritual, something that you need to do or that you do when you need a boost, whether it be on a mm. daily basis or for a big presentation or something like that? What is your go-to? Ooh, I would say dancing. Like that's my mood booster. That's my confidence booster. That's my get in my body and feel sexy booster. That is, that is, that's my number one. So I am a trained belly dancer. Um, and I've also done quite a bit of work in plant medicine and in ritual. 
and in ritual without plant medicine. Um, but I share that because the way the movement happens now, it's more of like the therapeutic aspect of it isn't so much that I'm dancing. Like, yes, there's expression. Yes, there's creativity. It's more of like I'm letting the divine dance me. And feeling that level of like surrender to the universe and surrender to God of like, I trust God to move my body right now. Um, Can you recommend a book or a podcast or something that you've read or reviewed that's empowered you or changed your life? So the book that I have recommended the most is called The Joy of Later Motherhood by Bettina Gordon. I read it myself. It's very beautiful, very inspiring. Um, She is a, a, um, a journalist. And naturally got pregnant at 44. And people were like shocked. (laughs) And like, this isn't normal. Mm -hmm. And she real that she like hadn't, didn't have all the stories in her head, didn't, wasn't feeling all that pressure. It like just happened naturally for her. And so she started interviewing other women who conceived naturally in their mid 40s. And so the book is just all these stories of these women who. This is natural. This is normal. Yeah. 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 Good. And so that's it's the kind of that's the kind of stuff you need to be consuming when you if you're a woman that's a little bit in more advanced, I guess, like 30s that is worried about that. That like that is that can be a life for you. That can be your future, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you're taking care of yourself now. Mm-hmm. You know. So right. Right. Well, I have to go take my what is it? The isopropyl or what? <laughs> the inositol. <laughs> yep, the inositol to help me go to sleep. Um, the one other thing I was like dying to ask you, I saw something on your Instagram on the clockwise Instagram about contrast shower, the hot and the cold. Yeah. Okay. So my husband is on this kick where we have a sauna downstairs in the basement and he'll go from the sauna into a cold plunge and with ice cubes and like actually got me to do it a couple of nights ago. And it brought me back to times when we would jump out of your hot tub, roll in the snow, and then go back in the hot tub, right? I'm like, this is the most extreme thing I've ever done. And and now doing it as an adult, right? And um, and so when I saw that on your on your Instagram, I had to ask about it. So what it what are the benefits of what is it and how can we do it like in the shower? And and yeah. what do we gain from it? Yeah. So there's different benefits from long hot and long cold as there are, which both are good on their own for different reasons, to the contrast. And so the contrast, um, especially like in the shower where it's three minutes hot, 30 seconds cold, which is like a short, short alternation. Um, And this is my favorite way to do it. But, you know, saunas are good. Cold plunges are great. All of that. Um, So three minutes hot, 30 seconds cold, alternate three times and on cold. And what happens is the hot creates vasodilation. So you bring all this blood to the surface of the body. Um, and you get more blood flow overall. And and so you're getting more blood flow, which means more oxygen and more nutrients, which means increased cellular metabolism. And then the cold causes vasoconstriction and pushes that blood back into the vital organs. So the heart, uh, the lungs, the kidneys, the liver. Um, so kidneys and liver are detox organs, more blood flow to the gut, which a lot of people have gut issues. You need more blood flow to be able to heal. Um and you do the so then you get this like pumping action of the blood, um, you know, surface deep, surface deep, surface deep, and so you're just getting more blood flow overall and increasing cellular metabolism through the vital organs and de- detoxing a little bit better, um, you know, supporting blood flow, cellular health. But the part that I think is so cool is how it works with the nervous system and with um, 
the cell membrane potential or the voltage. So our nervous system runs on electricity. Every cell has a resting membrane potential. I think it's like negative 70 millivolts. And our cells are these crystalline structures. And when you heat up a crystal, you get expansion. So just like the blood vessels expand, our cells microscopically expand a little bit. And then the cold, they contract a little bit. And when you take a crystal and you do an expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction, you get an electrical charge, which is actually how an ultrasound device works. It's a alternating, alternating heat on a heat on a alternating current on an ultrasound on a crystal. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, so you are ba basically like charging the cells to optimize this membrane potential, so that the nervous system, which runs on electricity, works so much better. Um, there's also a calming effect um, and like a grounding and centering effect on the nervous system. And it might just be because like everything is working so much more efficiently. It also can help put you into that parasympathetic mode. Although the cold gives you a little bit of that sympathetic output, you could do get a little bit of like a, like a noradrenaline, um, which can help with focus. So there's a lot of different benefits to the different parts. But my favorite part is the crystalline structures and, and supporting our um, like the electricity of our nervous system. And then there's the detox and, and whatnot. So something about it, I feel like when I got out, I felt like, you know, I had showered and then I had like kind of gotten into my pajamas and I felt like I can't explain it other than I told I told my husband, I felt like minty. Like I felt like I like it was kind of like coming off of me. Like I don't know if it was just like this like sensation of just like this full body, like, oh. It was I really love that. powerful. Yeah. And I, but so uh, is that something recommended to start the day to like get you like turned on or to kind of end the day and help you kind of set into sleep mode? I typically will do the contrast earlier in the day because I find it more energizing. Um, later in the day, more neutral temperatures tend to be a little bit more sleep promoting. Okay. Um, but everybody's a little bit different. So, mm -hmm. you know- I've been taking like scorching hot showers, so maybe I'm gonna like turn it down a little tonight, and maybe <laughs> I'll get to bed maybe a that'll early. help you sleep. <laughs> that might maybe have my body temperature is too warm now that you said that, you know, because it's not the room's not too warm, but maybe I'm heating myself up with this hot shower before bed. That's possible, right? So I'm gonna try that, and I'll report cool. back. It's all about all right, so the biohacking. Yeah, right. So tell people how they can connect with you, where they can get clockwise. Um, so the website is clockwise.com, clockwise with a Z, because I'm Dr. Z. We are at Clockwise Fertility on Instagram, and I am at Dr. Zagoni on Instagram, and those are the best places. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.